Hi, entrepreneurs. It's Steph here, and I want to be sure you've had the opportunity to reserve your ticket to our Entrepreneurs Founders Weekend for our Wealth and Wellness Retreat presented by Chase Inc. We will be hosting our event at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando, Florida from May 3rd to May 5th, and you are definitely going to want to be there with us. This is going to be your opportunity to build relationships with some of the most powerful women in business. And I can share with you firsthand that the best business relationships are formed when we really get together in person. And I just know so much business magic is going to happen when we're all together. From educational panels, networking activities to wellness activations, inspiring keynotes and breakout sessions. This is going to be a weekend you are not going to want to miss. So you can reserve your ticket today over at entrepreneurista.com forward slash founders weekend. We only have a few tickets left, so be sure that you reserve yours today. That's entrepreneurista.com forward slash founders weekend. I cannot wait to see you there. Part of my career was my entire identity, you know, so it was really scary. You know, I think anytime we jump into the unknown, you you know, it's uncomfortable. Um, but it was something that I knew that I had to do. Leaving a cushy job at a major brand that allows you to travel internationally and lead a team in order to start a business selling products like candles and kimono robes with you and only you to do everything. That's the story of Ashley Stockton, founder of Sunday Forever who never set out to build an empire. She was only trying to break even. Now she has a team, a growing following, and a successful business that's been featured in Forbes and InStyle for starters. There's an energy that is easily noticed when meeting Ashley that is infectious and brings you quickly to believe how unstoppable she has been from the earliest moments of Sunday Forever. Coming up, why Ashley left what was once her supposed dream job. Starting a business out of a closet and the basement of your apartment building. How Ashley's entrepreneurial and creative voice has been integral to the brand from the beginning. And how you can be exhausted and challenged while also being the happiest you've ever been. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Walk me through your career path leading up to Sunday Forever. Ooh, okay, so I am born and raised in Louisiana. I, um, I moved to New York right out of college to start an entry-level position uh, in the city at Victoria's Secret. Ooh. And I always like to say that whatever is entry level, it was probably below that. I didn't know what I was doing, but I thought I've always What wanted- was the title? You know, it was like um, communications coordinator, something mm-hmm. like that, but on the beauty side of the business, okay. which I liked because I always loved the beauty industry. Um, and then I just moved up the ranks really quickly from there to merchandising and then on to brand development, mm-hmm. which is a really cool job because you're sort of the hub of the brand. So I think at that time I was managing the pink beauty brand. And so I was sort of like 
the the cog and the wheel, and then I worked with all the other um, departments around me. So I was coming up with the ideas, and then also merchandising the line with the support of you know all the other teams. And then after that, I was um, identified as top talent, and there was a new role created for me called creative concept. Where essentially I got to travel the world, build my own team, and shop and bring back ideas for a living, and it felt like a dream. It does sound like a dream job. Yeah, it was cool. And then what what happened? Why did you leave? Well, I think, you know, that brought me into about 12 years there, and it was my only sort of – it wasn't my only job, but it was the only company that I had ever been with. Um, and I got to the executive level and I thought that's what I always wanted, you know, all of the, all the money, all the perks, all the team. And then I figured out that it wasn't necessarily what I was looking to do long-term. I wasn't happy. Um, so then I had to sort of reassess what I was doing with my life and have a long talk with my husband. And then I made a plan. It took about a year to exit the company. Um, and that's where I started ideating Sunday Forever. After you left or while you were leaving? It was a little bit while I was there. I think like, you know, what brought me to the conclusion that I needed to leave was that I come from very humble beginnings of Louisiana and, you know, I thought that having this big fancy job where, you know, I'm like flying first class around the world and I have a team of 20 and I could have – and I had all the money I could ever want. I was sort of confused because I was like – why am I not happy and grateful? I think I was hard on myself for a while. Um, So I had to really come to terms with what it was. And I think ultimately I needed to be in control of my environment and the people around me. And that's just not the case in a, in a big corporate job and in an executive position. So that was tough, but Sundays, um, that was the day of the week where it really sort of punches you in the face and mm-hmm. makes you go, okay, why am I dreading going to work at the quote-unquote dream job the next day? Um, and so I really had to examine what was going on there, and I realized that, you know, I was on the wrong path. And I could have stayed on the wrong path forever and continued to do very well there, but I think I had to make a change, and that was super scary. But but I did it, and so um, the the initial seed for Sunday Forever came from all of the things that I used on those sort of treacherous, anxiety-filled Sunday afternoons that gave me comfort. I love so, that. Yeah. While you were at Victoria's Secret, um, what do you think kept you there for for twelve years? Did you think, you know, if I had this job, then I'll, I'll, you know, be happy and fulfilled? Or how did how did that? You know, you, how did you, you end up there for twelve years? Yeah, it's 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 a long time, but I think because I held so many different roles and I kept growing in the company and getting promotion after promotion, which comes with other perks. I'm sure. <laughs> and, you know, y- you feel good. You're like, okay, like I'm super valued. And um, quite frankly, there were two times that I did explore leaving and um, got offers from other brands. And then I always ended up staying because 
they really didn't want to let me go. And so that feels good. You're like, okay, so I'm that valuable. Yeah. I can get whatever I want. And, you know, you just have so much control. Right. And so I think that's why I ended up staying because I kept being rewarded for everything that I was doing. And it was fun until it, like, wasn't. Was there a particular moment where you're like, okay, I yes. cannot do this anymore? Yes. Can you share what that yes. moment was? It's so vivid. I was sitting – I was definitely, at the time, the youngest executive at my level. Which is an amazing accomplishment. Thank you. Um, and, you know, and on top of that, I was surrounded by, you know um, – people who had pedigrees from Harvard and Yale and MBAs. And I, I joke that I went to Piggly Wiggly University. <laughs> but I did go to college, but I never liked school. And so, but I worked really hard. And so I was outpacing people that had, you know, much higher levels of education than myself. So, um, I was in a in a in a meeting in a in a big conference room with all of the top executives in the company. What was your title at that point? It was um, vice president of creative concept for beauty. And I looked around the room, and there's all these amazing, accomplished women. And it was cool because I was surrounded by tons of women at that company. Um, and, you know, I'm looking at their their hair and their Birkin bags. <laughs> like I'm looking at all the things. And, you know, we're – and I'm I'm like, okay, like this would be my next step. And I don't want any of their jobs. Yeah. I don't, like, want this for the rest of my life. And I thought, okay, now's the time to, like – really start to to think about what I'm going to do about that because the answer isn't here. And then what did that conversation, how did that conversation go with your boss? I didn't have that conversation with my boss. The first conversation I had was with my husband and he thought I was out of my mind. <laughs> He's like, um, but all of this, you know, you're, yeah. you're doing so well. And yeah. like, we're buying an apartment and, but I was miserable and he wanted me to be happy. And I think like, that's the most important thing and hindsight's 2020 but you you know you truly can't buy happiness and i think that was the goal so between he and i i started to really plan the the strategy and i had a team that i really cared about so i wanted to make sure that everything and everyone was properly taken care of so i sort of kind of behind the scenes started making the right moves to set up the team and even the company for you know, when I exited, it wouldn't be detrimental because they had been so supportive of me for so long. Um, the conversation came much later once I had fully decided, you know, it, it's it's time to go. Were you nervous or? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, because it was my whole life. It was my, um, that that part of my career was my entire identity, you know. Um, so it, it was really scary. Um, you know, I think anytime we jump into the unknown, you, you know, it's uncomfortable. Um, but it was something that I knew that I had to do. And did you know at that time too, was it part of your plan that you wanted to start a business? You wanted to yeah, work for yourself? Yeah. I, yes, I think so. But I, it wasn't fully formed. Like the, the idea of Sunday Forever as a real company is just starting to like 
be real to me <laughs> in the past year, even though we've officially been in business for two and a half years. Um, I just thought I need to figure it out. And, and the answer isn't in my current situation. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll leave and do some consulting, which I did for big brands. And then I like mildly worked on the company because I was known as a certain, um, you know, person in my career. And I thought like, okay, who do I think I am <laughs> starting my own company? Like, no one's going to take me seriously. I barely take myself seriously. <laughs> like, um, And then so it took a lot of getting over and letting go of that old self and and letting go of caring what anyone thought. That took a good six months to a year. And when you had the idea for Sunday Forever, uh, what was your next step? What did you so do? So once I left my job, I did some consulting work just to like I had saved over the year, I had been very smart and careful about saving. I think that's the thing. You know, I always say to people that are wanting to start a company, you know, you need to have a net. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not magic and it takes a long time and, and some planning, even though that isn't the fun part, is essential. So I had saved money and then I just came up with this random number of $25,000 don't even know why that was the number, but I thought, okay, I'm going to take $25,000 of the money that I've saved and try to start this company or whatever. It wasn't even I, – I didn't even say let, let's try to start this company. I thought the first step is I needed to make this kimono, the robe, which is where the whole brand started. And I thought, okay, if I can do this and get a, a brand together and see if people like it, then I'll keep going. So that was the first step. And how did you come up with the – why the kimono? Why <laughs> was know, that the right? first product? <laughs> I know. Although I have one. It's amazing. Oh, so, thank you. Um, um, so uh, at my last role in, in um, the creative concept world when I was getting to travel so much, I was able to go to Japan about four or five times. And I stayed at the Park Hyatt Hotel in Tokyo where Lost in Translation is filmed. Ooh, <laughs> it's <fun>. so magical. <laughs> I've never been to Tokyo, it's, but I mean, I just like, oh, I would like to stay there. <laughs> yeah, I fell in love with um, Japan and the culture and the ritual and the simplicity and the respect of every little detail. Um, and I discovered the robe in the room, which is technically called a yukata, which is the more casual sort of kimono style robe. And it made its way into my suitcase back to New York, <laughs> which is probably illegal, but I did it. And, <laughs> and, I, and then I just – I loved it. As soon as I put it on, I loved how it made me feel. Um, I always say that it made me feel like a six-foot-tall queen. Well, I'm 5'3", and I'm <laughs> not a queen. But it made me feel so good, and I thought, if I love this thing so much, other people will love it. And then I also realized that it wouldn't last forever. And I got nervous when I thought, what if it gets a rip or a hole? Or like, what am I going to do? You just can't get one on Amazon. Yeah. And there were things about it that I wanted to change. So I set off to recreate that particular robe um, and changed a bunch of things about it, like narrowed the sleeves so they didn't get caught on doorknobs, added pockets, 
patterns, prints, the Where whole did thing. you buy them from or how did you manufacture them? Oh, so I, it was that. So just getting the pattern and fit right took about a year and a half. Um, I, you know, Google's your best friend when you're starting a company. And so I just looked for anyone and everyone that could help me and advise me on how to make a piece of apparel because I have zero Mm -hmm. experience in fashion design. And luckily there were some people that helped me get the first pattern right, even though it took a while. And then from there, it was about finding someone to manufacture, finding the right fabric. I also designed the prints where I worked with people that could help me design the prints. And um, then I had to find someone to do the cut and sew. And it was a grueling process, but I learned so much. And did you end up spending more than $25,000? <clears> well, I wouldn't have, but I made a giant mistake early on. Um, I made a $10,000 mistake. What did, What was it? So my whole – my – strength is branding. I'm really good at it. Like that's what my whole career has been about. But for whatever reason, when I was starting my company, I lost the confidence in myself and thought, okay, I need to hire a branding agency, (laughs) which is so crazy because that's what I do. Yeah. And, um, and so I did, and it was this agency that I just admired so much. And I ended up not using one thing that they that they um, that they did for me, and I ended up designing the entire brand myself from scratch. <laughs> well, sometimes you gotta learn <laughs> learn the hard and expensive and, way. And I think the lesson there is like I I didn't believe in myself because I was feeling so vulnerable about something totally unrelated, which was starting a company. I've experienced this too, where you're definitely very vulnerable mm-hmm. when you're starting your own business. It's your idea. It may not work. It's very, very scary. Uh, and I know you talked about making that $10,000 mistake, but how did you, I guess, learn to just start believing in yourself and trusting your gut? It took a while and I, and, and um, it also took me launching the first uh, I think we made 75 or 100 pieces only um, across five different prints. And I launched them on a whim. I, I I just got, I taught myself how to build a website and I pulled the trigger on cut and sew. And I had the pieces in my hands from my cut and sew guy out of Brooklyn and I thought, okay, they're here. Now I need to put them out into the world. So the first photos I took from my iPhone in my apartment, and then I launched them on a website. I sent out an email to my friends and family. And like within the first day, half of them had sold, but every name that came through, I'm like, yeah, okay. I know you. I know you. Uh-huh. That's my aunt. That's my best friend's aunt. That's my that's my grandmother. Okay. This is embarrassing. And then um the next day I woke up and I saw an order from some name that I didn't recognize. And then I like furiously Googled this person. I stalked this person to make sure that I didn't know them for real. And it was a stranger that ordered one. And so I thought, okay, I can do this. And and that was really, it's so funny. It's such a tiny thing, but that gave me the confidence to keep going. 
I then went within one more week, the rest had sold. And then I was like, oh, boy. Was it just word of mouth at that time? Yes, or were you and okay. Instagram. So I had started my the Sunday Forever Instagram account long before we had any products even to sell. It was a lot of inspiration and just sort of, I think a lot of brands and companies do this where yes, you just kind yes. of build start to build like, yeah, and just sort of a community and see if people are interested in the vibe and the aesthetic and, and, um, and then, so by the time we launched, we had a, a small, I think we had like a few thousand followers, but a little tiny community. Um, Were you the one doing all the posting and creating all the content? To this day. <laughs> With my own thumbs. <laughs> Coming up, you'll hear how her $10,000 mistake didn't stop her. Plus a surprise. Hey, entrepreneurs! it's Steph here. As a founder, or really as a woman in business who is creating their own success, whether you're just starting a business or you're scaling it, dealing with finances and money can often feel very overwhelming and intimidating. We have all been there. But according to fellow entrepreneurista and personal finance expert, Varnoosh Tarabi, that fear can surprisingly be very helpful for your future success and wealth. Farnoosh is the host of the So Money podcast and the author of the best-selling book, A Healthy State of Panic. She gets candid about all things finance with leading business experts every Friday on her podcast. And she dives deeper into the nine biggest fears that hold us back both professionally and personally in her latest book, including rejection, loneliness, fear of missing out, and failure, to name a few. She offers a wealth of knowledge and tackles the relatable feelings we all experience about money. So you are definitely going to want to subscribe to her podcast. And if you want to meet Farnoosh live and in person, be sure to join us at our Entrepreneurista Founders Weekend event from May 3rd to May 5th at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando. Farnoosh will be speaking and she cannot wait to connect with you. You can reserve your ticket at entrepreneurista.com forward slash founders weekend and we will see you there. Let's talk about the mission of Sunday Forever. Yes. Has the mission changed over time or is it still the mission from day one? Still the mission from day one. It's to provide people with nice things, to provide a little bit of light in what can be a dark world, um, and to create a community of like-minded people that enjoy luxury, that enjoy like treating themselves, um, and that enjoy beautiful things. Um, I think uh, what I've learned along the way too is that a lot of people can relate to my story, which is being um, on the on a path that you thought was right and then and then realizing that's not necessarily the path and then feeling that anxiety, which of course now everybody calls the Sunday scaries that didn't exist when I was feeling that yeah. way. But I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, and, and we get a lot of questions from our community about how I did that. And so I think everybody can just use like a little something to make themselves feel better. And I know on day one, you were selling kimonos. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the products uh, that you're selling now? So I, um, after, the, I, after the kimonos, those sold out 
you know, in two weeks. So then I was left with nothing. <laughs> and so I thought I already knew in my mind what I wanted to offer, things that I actually personally love and use. Um, so uh, I work with a, a small family farm out of California where we source all of our sage bundles. And sage is something that I've used for a long time um, to cleanse the energy. I'm not spiritual. I like to say I'm spiritual-ish. Um, I, I describe the, the brand as like um, a martini in one hand and a green juice in the other. Yeah. Um, there's definitely that yin-yang to it. So I, we offer sage and lighter sets and our lighter say, go sage yourself, which <laughs> is really cute and truly how I feel most days. <laughs> um, and then the scented candles, that was something that I was really passionate about. I'm never not burning a candle. I found that candles on the market that were really well-made luxury candles were extremely overpriced. And I have a background in the beauty industry, so I know how how, 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 it's cost, how it's made, <laughs> and and but I but I also know that there's there's such a range in quality when it comes to candles, um, and, and there there's a a major difference between a really great candle and a not so great candle. Um, so I set out to 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 make a line of candles that were purposefully lightly scented because I get headaches easily yeah. if things are overpowering. Um, and then I wanted to make candles that had a really clean burn. Um, so uh, we use a coconut and soy um, wax blend and 100% wax, uh, a cotton wicks. So that was the second category of business that we launched. And I'm lucky enough to have relationships with perfumers in the industry. So um, all of our scents are, are designed by me. Uh, with the help of our perfumers, who are also my friends. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very particular about scent, and I just truly make things that I want to use every single day. And I know that you were the – you started this business by yourself, and you were running it solo for a while. When did you hire your first employee? Full-time? Yes. About a year ago. Um before that, I had i i put a I put a a job post out there for an intern, and I live across the street from a Starbucks, and so I set up like fifteen interviews in a day at fifteen minute intervals, and so I was sitting in Starbucks, and there was a line of interns, <laughs> and I just kept they running there through. for coffee. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so funny, and so I ended up hiring two of them one of which is still with me today and the other is still a dear friend and and then um and then the first girl that i hired her roommate also needed work and she's still with me today as well so what are their roles so you know of course everybody does everything but i have tried to separate the roles i have one person, Olivia, who's full-time, she is my right hand and kind of just does everything. Um, and then I have Helene, who's our head of customer delight. She's also um, – she also studied at Tisch, so she goes on aud auditions <laughs> in between working. And then I have Irene, who does our photography. 
um, with my help and art direction. Um, and then we also have Nicole, who's responsible for packing all the orders, which we still do from our office. Uh, we actually have a surprise for you and your team. Uh, so this is something that Ooh. Stephanie and I like to do with the guests that we have on the podcast. And then also we like, I'd always advise our clients to do this for themselves on their social media channels. So oh my in your entrepreneurship swag bag right there, we have oh. a gift for you and your team because we saw the Instagram that you posted, the four of you. I think there's two – you have two dogs working for you as yeah, well. Ted and Wyatt. They're, <laughs> they're like – so Ted's the, the – so, um, head of quality control. Oh, and um, must work Wyatt, really hard. <laughs> Wyatt is the warehouse manager. <laughs> Can I open this? Yes, yes, okay, please. Cool. Oh my gosh, I love presents. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And I love giving them. Oh my gosh, stop! <gasps> they are gonna lose it. We've been talking about <laughs> needing keychains. Perfect. Oh my gosh, y'all, the keychains are here. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Women rule everything around me. Oh my gosh, they're gonna love them. Oh, God, I'm thank glad you. we got it right. I love when you that happens. You so did. You so did. Thank you so much. I love that you did that. <laughs> we do that a lot. Um, Everyone loves gifts. Do you ever take um, the quiz? What is it? Your love language test or something yes. like that? Yeah. Is yours gifts? I think Mine's so. gifts too. Mine's gifts and quality time. I like gifts. And I love getting <laughs> so, tell. You know, and one of the other things, um, that that's a huge part of Sunday Forever is um, I felt like when I wanted to send someone a little thank you, it was always like, okay, what what do you send? Flowers. They're very expensive. Yep. Y- you don't know what you're going to get. Um, you can't keep them forever. So when we package um, anything that anyone ever orders, it's already packaged as if it were a gift. So they're gift ready. Um, And so whether you order something and it's for yourself, it feels like you're giving yourself a gift. Or if you send something to someone else, it feels like you're giving them a gift. That's really cool. Because what else do you really get? And it makes it so special. It It really is. It creates a special moment. So I'm sure an Instagrammable moment as well. Yeah. And it just makes you feel like cared for. um, And we do. We love our customers, our community so much. Where do you get your inspiration from and how do you decide what new products to add to the collection? Um, usually I want to, I have a million. So that's one thing that I've had to harness is how many ideas that we actually go after and execute because there's millions. So yes, I've gotten yes, better at sort of yes. filtering through those. But we produce a new product when I feel like there's something that I can't find and I really, really want it. On the market, whether that be a candle, a new kimono, a new product category, um, it's got to be something that we all as a team are excited about and want. And we've I've come up with ideas that I was really excited about. We get to the place where we're about to launch and then I'm like, OK, maybe we're not that excited and pull back. Can you share an example of that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we are in the process of I had this idea for a candle. And my sort of sensibility is like a little bit quirky. Like I like luxury, you know, but I also like things that are a little tongue in cheek. And so I had an idea for a candle, which we're still going to launch. We're just renaming it. But it was based, it is based on the scent of how a doll 
smells <laughs> when you take it out of the box. So like a I don't cabbage... have a great sense of smell, so I don't so really like, know what so that like, smells if like. If you can think about like a Cabbage Patch doll when it comes out of the box, or yeah. My Little Pony, like I was calling it. <laughs> you can say it. Doll skin. Doll skin. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And so. And so we developed the scent. It's amazing. It smells so good. It's like a fluffy, fluffy like cloud scent. I want to go to the toy store and smell some dolls. Skin. I can't believe you don't know what dolls smell like right out. Do you? A Barbie right out of the box? Okay. So anyway, we're we are getting ready to launch it, and I'm like, ah, it's doll skin too weird. And finally, the team is like. Yeah, that's a little too weird. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, but this scent is so good. So we're just renaming it. What are you going to call it? I am on the fence. I have some ideas, but you'll see it soon, really soon, like in the next few weeks. Are there dolls on the packaging? That's what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to do a shoot where it's like all these creepy dolls and like a <laughs> candle of it. Like, like I can get a little too weird. So they pull me back in. How often do you have weekly team brainstorms yes. where you come up with? Oh, my gosh. Every day. All the time. We're texting. And how do you decide so what to move forward with and what not to move if forward If I get with? really excited and we all get – there's like a feeling that you can feel if everybody gets excited enough, then we're, we're like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. And I like to test. So I never do full launches at first. I'm very much test and learn. Let's go. And I like to move really quickly. Try it, see if it works. If it doesn't, let's move on. How do you do you advertise your new products, or mm-hmm. are you just kind of like always on Instagram? And often we'll share the process through stories, and um, and uh, yeah, and like you know, we'll start with small quantities. I've got really great relationships with the with the manufacturers and the people that I work with, so I'm able to do small quantities, which is something I wasn't able to do before. But that's key for me. What do you consider small? I would say in the hundreds, you know, like we're – I'm not – yeah, we're not in like the tens of thousands of units type of company, nor do I want to be. I think like one of the things about Sunday Forever is early on we were approached by bigger box brands or or retailers that wanted to carry the line. And it's been super important to me that I – uh, you know, manage the speed of growth and keep it um, discoverable and magical for as long as humanly possible. My biggest fear would be to be a, would be like a flash in the pan type of brand. I I like I like being in control and doing what I feel is right in the moment, and that probably comes from like me being in the corporate yeah. world for so long. Now I'm just like. <laughs> like punk rock, like doing what I want when I want. <laughs> Nobody can tell me what to do. <laughs> and just having fun and being happy. That's like life for me. Up next, how Ashley discovered her inner rock star as an entrepreneur and how working has replaced shopping. Plus a brainstorm. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneistas. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurspodcast.com. I love what you just described, which is basically you're like the rock star entrepreneur. You worked in corporate America for 12 years and now you're on the loose and having so much fun with it. 
Um, but in my experience running a business, uh, and I definitely love to embrace what you're embracing, like having fun, um, being in the moment and um, not taking yourself too seriously. But, you know, it, sometimes it is hard to manage a team. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about some of those moments where you had to get serious with your team. Well, so, you know, I definitely, you know, was very successful in my past career. And I know that, you know, at a, you know, it's a business, so we need to make money, right? And right. we need to grow and there are certain things we need to do. And I think I'm really um, pretty good, I think, at balancing the two. And, and I, I also think the team they see how hard I work and I like to lead by example. I will roll up my sleeves just like they will. Um, and it's my company. So I'm working 10 times harder as I should, but they see that and they see the sacrifice and the, and the passion and, and they, they share that and they, you know, and we've actually become a, a family, which, um, I think it is possible and I would like to try to continue with that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, things get hard and every once in a while, especially when you have people that have been with you for a year or two years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people can get comfortable. It's human nature. Right. So you have to shake it up. And one thing about me is like I am coming always from a place of um, uh, kindness and empathy and any feedback that I ever give, they already know that that my intentions are so pure and only for good. So I'm I've set myself up in my relationship with the team in such a way that I can give super difficult critical feedback, and and it and it's okay. It's like there's that safe space because they know me. They right. see me twenty four seven. What you see is what you get. I'm not one person here and one person there. I'm literally the same person all the time, which feels so good after having to be one person at work and another person outside of work. So we just have such respect and and we're all marching towards the same goal and we're all equally passionate about the mission. What are some of the sacrifices that you had to make? Me? Yes. Yes. Um, where shall I start? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, my old life, I always like to say it's like my old life. I, you know, did whatever I want, you know, whatever. I, I think I was probably, probably had a shopping problem, <laughs> you know, just to fill my empty soul <laughs> with Prada bags. Um, and now I'm, I'm like, at first, it was tough because I was like, uh, you know, I'm running a company. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not paying myself. So there were financial sacrifices, but that doesn't even matter to me anymore. It's right. so, I'm, I'm literally a different person. It's wild. But, um, I, I liked, I like, you know, I've had to sacrifice time and I've had to make decisions and I've had to put the business first. You know, I can't always go to Pilates three or four times a week. Just can't. Right. You know, my roots really need to be touched up, but I'm busy, you know, (laughs) so I can't do it. I mean, nine times out of 10, I don't have, I'm, I'm a mess, you know, and that's okay because. Well, you look great right now. Well, I showered for you. So you're welcome. thank you. (laughs) That was so sweet of you. I know. I know. Um, 
<laughs> no, when when I look like this, the team is like, Ashley, whoa, who is that? <laughs> what are you doing? Like they're like, who are you? Anyway, but I just, I, but um, all of my priorities have changed because I'm happy. Like I'm just a happy human being, and I'm excited about life. It's wild. <laughs> so yes, there's sacrifice, but. I'm cool with it. I love that. I think you were just radiate happiness. Thank you. I've worked really hard for this. <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's the thing. I think it also took me so long to realize, you know, that's what matters. You can have all the money in the world and be a yeah. miserable human being. It doesn't matter. I uh, definitely, definitely agree. What are you most looking forward to? What's next for, for Sunday Forever? So many things. You know, I... There's so much potential for the brand and where we could go. I think I'm being calm and measured about what we do next. We're definitely not a brand that is looking to launch a million products and throw things against the wall to see what sticks. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm focused on um, getting closer to our community. Uh, they're they're so amazing and just surprising them, delighting them even more than we already do, um, and just showing gratitude to the to the people that have made it possible to be where I am. Is there anything that you would want to? This is something that Stephanie and I do brainstorm together. So we'll put sixty seconds on the clock, and I'll just shoot out some ideas. Yes. We'll go back and forth um, and talk about anything that you're currently faced with that's a challenge or an opportunity. So, what would that be? I do. It's actually quite tactical. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very interested in growing our email list. Okay. Um, which I know isn't like that fun to talk about but i would love to <laughs> we know. can make it fun okay cool i i i think like i it was never a priority and i think now i'm that's a priority and yeah. just more and more and more content creation um so those are the two main um points that we're focused on sure. for the rest of this year sure uh, I actually have a lot of thoughts on that, so I'll cool. do my best to make it in 60 seconds. So let's go. Uh, so to grow your email list, you know, you're, and this is something you might already be doing, but every single person that buys something on your website should be added to your email list. I think yes. you have to ask them to be a part of it. Uh, and then you can have a pop-up on your site that says, join my mailing list, mm -hmm. get 10, 15, whatever mm -hmm. percent off your first order. Uh, but then you can also um, create content that only people who are on your mailing list can see. Uh, incentivize people to share your emails mm -hmm. with their friends and maybe they're entered to win something. I like that. Um, doing contests, ongoing contests, maybe partnering with other brands where you have to provide your email address in order to enter to win is something that we've always found works to grow your email list really quickly, especially if the prize is like a trip to some really amazing place. Wow. Uh, and then from a content creation standpoint, um, you know, using you as the, the content creator, I think you have such a uh, infectious personality and I think that you um, would be great to you know it would be great to see you develop your personal brand and speak to your audience more through Instagram stories and polling them yeah because uh, I think that they would love to 
learn more about you and get to experience your your personality. Love it. Thank you. That was very helpful. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Any other questions? No. No, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, uh, we're so, so happy to have you. Um, and then uh, in the last few years of your entrepreneur journey, what would you say would be like the top three tips you would want to share with our listeners? You can't give up, I think. Yes. You know, you just can't. You really just can't. Like, stop. Okay? <laughs> it's hard. Super hard. Like, get over it. Yeah. Um, I think uh, being um, be, doing the right thing, I think, you know, um, I listen to I'm a big uh, fan of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and I listen yeah. to him religiously. And one thing that he always says is doing the right thing is always the right thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true, um, even when it's not easy. Or even when it's not in your benefit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, you know, um, giving back, like giving without expecting things back and helping other people that are, that reach out. So just being super generous, it, it you just can't go wrong. Um, so I, those are the three things that I think it's really important and, and I know that those feel a little bit sort of like kind of soft and squishy and emotional, but I think, you know, I think it's important to be just a good, kind human being. Yeah, I think it was, I saw something, I don't know if it was on Instagram or an article I read recently, maybe it was CNBC or something, but Mark Cuban said, kindness is like the most underrated uh, tra trait that is needed to be successful in business. Um, and people think, you know, if you're a business owner, you have to be this awful person, but being no. kind is, is super, super important. And it's actually one of our values at Social Fly. I love that. And, you know, one thing at Sunday Forever, one of our mottos is you deserve nice things and it's nice to be nice. And, um, I think that word gets a bad rap, but I like to interchange nice and kind as the same thing. And I think, um, you know, as social media um, grows and grows, everyone is becoming, you know, more real and more vulnerable yes, to yes. Um, having to kind of own up and live up to practice what they preach. And I, I, I like that. And yes. I think it's I think it could be a really powerful tool to help us all think twice mm -hmm. about being just a better person because you can work hard and, yeah. and, and be like a boss, yes. um, but can also be a really kind and gracious person. Do you still keep in touch with uh, your colleagues at Victoria's Secret? Well, no one, I, no one that I worked with then is still there. Okay. It was, let's see, I left in 2014 or yeah, 2014, but yes, yeah, so many, so many. I were I have dear friends and yes. now they're all over the country doing different cool things. Awesome. Um but yeah, tons. And then do you think you'll ever raise money? Do you ever want to? Um it's not in the plan. It's not in the plan and I think it goes back to just you know, not having to answer to anyone yes, but yes. myself. <laughs> so so no, um not right now. And uh what does being an entrepreneur mean to you? Um, I think, you know, it, it means just finding your passion and, and, and making it 
come to life in your own way, whether that be, you know, your side hustle or you start a company, you know, there's so many ways to do it. Um, but I think it's like finding something that you're passionate about and just going for it for you. And if it can add some good to the world, yes, then that's a nice bonus. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Where can Pleasure. everyone find and follow you? So um, Sunday Forever is at Sunday Forever NYC on Instagram. We also have an editorial platform called The Sunday Issues. It's a blog, and um, we've got lots of good content there. Every Sunday we feature um, someone and, and kind of go through how they view Sundays and their philosophy around that day of the week. And we also highlight lots of beauty brands there because I am beauty obsessed. Oh, so. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Founders are always asking us, what has been the secret to our success building multiple seven-figure businesses? Do you want to know how? It's our community. We created the Entrepreneurs League for founders like you. Our members have access to everything we've used to grow our businesses over the past 10 plus years. To learn more and get on the wait list for when doors are open again, head over to entrepreneurs.com. That's entrepreneurs.com to get on the wait list.